boils and ghouls. It's time to gather round us, horrifying hunter, petrified Preston, and devilish Dan. Crack open another cursed volume of tales from the crypt. This is Horrors from the Vault. <laughs> Welcome, kitties, to Horrors from the Vault. My name is Horrifying Hunter, and I'll be one of the three shadowy figures leading you into the dark and haunted corridors of this very vault. Tonight, we're cracking open our fourth tome of Season 2 with Till Death. It's an episode all about the dangers of quicksand, something we were all very, very concerned about when we were seven years old. But before we can venture fully into the vault, let me introduce you to my co-host, somebody who's, uh, we call him the quicksand, because if you introduce a topic, he will he will take you to the the absolute depths of, of knowledge when it comes to that topic. And of course, I'm talking about Devilish Dan. I never know who the fuck you're throwing to, so I gotta <laughs> keep me on my toes. That's right. This episode's got quicksand. It's got voodoo. If it had switchblades, it would have everything that the 80s is well known for. That's right. That's right. Now, Dan, did you have a quicksand? Did you have a fear of quicksand yes. when you were a child? Absolutely. That shit was everywhere in every piece of media for some reason. Uh, I thought, and I was a, a uh, cub and or boy scout as a child too. So in my mind, eventually walking through the forest, I was going to run into quicksand. Spoiler, never ran into any quicksand because I'm not sure if it even exists. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that quicksand is uh, it's a fictional thing. And, and somebody who definitely believes that if quicksand was real, he would have encountered it already. I'm talking about petrified Preston. Well, what's funny, not only did I think, you know, quicksand was a thing, I, I thought it was going to kill me. One thing I didn't envision it doing is stopping me from building a casino, um, you know, but uh, <laughs> we get into that uh, in this episode. You know, who would have thought? That's High stakes, Preston. You got to save that. We're going to be talking about that very soon. Um, none of our, or excuse me, we just talked about high stakes, Preston. So yes, feel That's free. That's a good point. We're, yeah, we're still talking to Cowboy Preston here. He's got the biggest ten gallon hat you've ever seen. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Till death, fellas. Um, we're going to get into the good. See if there's any bad. You know, let's do it. You know, just just horrors from the vault things. Did uh, Dan? You know what? We I like to switch it up every now and then. Let the good folks know where they can follow horrors from the vault. We got to increase that engagement a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you want to leave us a review, that'd be great on iTunes or Spotify or any of those. Um, if you want to reach out to us directly, old school email wise, it's horrorvaultpod at gmail dot com. 
Or if you want to hit us up on the socials at Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, all of those, it's at Horror Vault Pod. I am constantly monitoring and I would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into season two, episode four. It aired on April 24th of 1990 till death. Before we can dive into the episode itself, of course, we've got to check in to the House of Horrors. Petrified Preston, hit him with that good good. Till death, let's dive in, boys. The Vault of Horror number 28. Let's go on back to December of 1952. Yeah, this... Aesthetically, really like this one. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It's so funny, you know, us talking about being out in the woods, kind of a safari feel. Uh, Some of the artwork really depicts that in this comic from the early 50s. I love like the safari hat that our guy is wearing throughout the early part of of the uh, comic where they're kind of going through the construction and discovering some of that you know, uh, some of that land we were talking about. Um, You know, this one to me, I don't feel like it is super necessary. As we've talked about, I feel like the last few of these where, you know, I I don't know. To me, like this is not a must read by any means. There are some pretty big differences between this and the actual show itself. To be quite honest, I prefer the episode. Um, I don't really want to get into those differences because we would kind of be getting into the plot of it a little bit early. I don't know if you guys check this one out, but, um, you know, it was fine. I kind of put it in that category, right? Uh, hey, but hey, for from a from a story from December of 1952, I mean, there were some pretty, pretty rad things going on in this. Pretty rad and pretty racist. This one, I believe, is the one that <laughs> probably has aged the the least best so far. Um, yeah, you can tell this is made in the 50s where nothing at that point was probably too offensive. But if mm. you view it from a modern lens, there are some things that I am very glad that they changed in the show. Uh, let's just say they... They uh, focused on the, the native aspect a lot more in the comic, which uh, is appreciated. Yes. Yeah, you know, the 1950s, whenever it came to depiction of voodoo or black magic, uh, was not very kind in a lot of ways, or mm-hmm. sensitive or respectful. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where that interpretation of voodoo magic has just seeped into pop culture, and that's what it is. But it's also incredibly problematic like you said dan and that's Mm -hmm. i feel bad because the story itself i didn't even really focus on besides like ooh, this is this is a tough one Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of that's kind of how i felt about this this issue overall yeah the the episode in general is cleaned up a lot more from that except for Mm -hmm. one gentleman's uh (laughs) accent work that he did but we can talk about that when we get there (laughs) We'll get into it. Uh, But yeah, Preston, I think that this is one of those that you can add in the stack of. If you're a big fan of the episode, maybe go check it out with that little bit of warning, you know, that that asterisk that we just mentioned. But otherwise, if you're kind of lukewarm on this episode or, you know, it's just really not your thing. um, Yeah, I, I really don't think this is an essential comic issue you need to seek out. Yeah, and I do think, I think that's kind of been, uh, unfortunately, a theme recently, and especially what I mentioned, like, the episode itself really, 
really kind of kicking up the story and and kind of improving on on certain elements and, and really just as a whole. And somewhat spoiler alert, I, I think that that's something that I'm going to also be saying maybe for our next episode, maybe the one after that. We'll see. Hmm. Well, maybe you got a little bit of that uh, psyche magic in you right now and you're <laughs> seeing into the future. Who knows what we'll say next week? <laughs> yeah. Well, Devilish Dan, before we can talk about the episode, like always, we've got to talk to you about the top billing. Yes, I see writers and stars and directors in our future. Uh, you know what? Most weeks we are awash in famous names to talk about. This week and probably next week, we'll see when we get there. Not so much, but we're going to do it anyway because everyone deserves their time in the sun. So, all right, up top, writers. Jerry Barcelone, uh, mostly known for Street Fighter, the 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme one. and it's a the new- fucking banger, by the way. <laughs> That's a good movie. With Raul Julia as M. Bison. Mm, interesting. Uh, and also the new Gidget, not the classic Gidget, the one that nobody cares about. But those are pretty much his two main credits. Uh, director Chris Wallace, uh, mostly known as a makeup and special effects artist, which makes a ton of sense once you see this episode. I uh, did creature effects in Gremlins, The Fly, The Fly 2, and uh, especially Return of the Jedi. So that's pretty impressive. Speaking of special effects, I'm going to make a guess on the name pronunciation because I couldn't quite find a confirmation. Stefan Dupois. We're going to go with that. Um, mostly known for makeup effects in RoboCop 300, Jason X, Scanners, Existence, The Fly 2, and Poltergeist 3. Talking about our main stars, uh, D.W. Moffat is Logan Andrews. Um, just pretty much a lot of short TV stints. Uh, also, Pamela Guillen as Margaret Richardson. Uh, she only has 11 credited roles, and Tales from the Crypt is probably the most well-known of them. Uh, getting a little bigger names here. Aubrey Morris as Freddy, the weirdo doctor. I did Deltoid in A Clockwork Orange, Sir Piercy in Life Force, McCutcheon in Tales from the Clip, Crypt, Bordello of Blood, which I'm guessing we're going to get to someday. And mm-hmm. uh, the Gravedigger in The Wicker Man. But all those people are all well and good. We got to talk about Miss Psyche herself. Janet Hubert. She is most well-known for 73 episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as one of my new favorite movies, The Blackening puts it, The Dark Skin Aunt Viv. Uh, She has a (laughs) ton of other short TV roles, but let's face it, Aunt Viv is going to be her legacy. Yeah, for sure. And I do think this, you know... Tales from the Crypt kind of pales in comparison to that long-standing run, but unless I'm mistaken, she is one of the first primary uh, black characters that we have in this series so far, so I think that's pretty notable. I think we mentioned the uh, co-street employee in uh, Only Sin Deep, but... That's even more of a bit part by comparison. Yeah. Yeah, she's only in, like, really two scenes. Yeah, this one's pretty much, you know, top four billing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Tales from the Crypt is a very white series so far, so any sort of yeah. representation is great. But yeah, yeah. Um, you're totally right, though. It, compared to what we've talked about previously, uh, this episode does not have much to offer when it comes to the the top billing star talent. But overall, um, they cranked out this episode, and I don't know, are you guys you ready to talk about it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. 
Guys, I got my feet on the table. I got my sunglasses on. I got a little tarantula buddy, and I'm ready to commit some gentrification in paradise, just like my buddy, the <laughs> Crypt Keeper, is here. What a great image. Uh, I, I, you oh, know, every yes. single week we're like, oh my goodness, it's the classic Crypt Keeper. I'm over that. I'm actively trying not to say that anymore, but it mm-hmm. is very fun that we get to see those dirty old man feet up on the table kicking back having a fun tropical time at this desk and in fact i think even cavity colors you know we love our horror t-shirts over here on horrors from the vault they did a spin on this image of the crypt keeper actually on the beach a couple years ago as one of their summer releases and now i kind of wish i grabbed it uh, assuming that this was you know the inspiration for that image that they went with yeah this is the one that got him the budweiser deal i'm sure Oh yeah! Oh my He's gosh! Go, they're like, get out of here, Spuds McKenzie. We don't, we don't need you anymore. We got a creepy yes. old man with his his fucking hogs up on the table. It's like the best episode it int- It's the best episode intro for you know those of us with feet fetishes or you know so so there's that. That's right. I mean, Tarantino watched this episode and he's like, fuck. Fuck yeah. Um, (laughs) Very into this one. But yeah, as a a native Floridian, this one speaks to me because it's just like, yeah, he's he's in Florida. He's living his best life down here in Florida. Yeah, exactly. By the way, Hunter, if you really want one of those, you can go on eBay and get uh, what totally does not look like just some bootleg bullshit for $150. Oh, perfect. So perfect. All right. Maybe we'll start a Patreon just to afford them shirts. Well, we are going to maybe bookmark it because at one point I do want to do an episode with you guys. Maybe next Halloween. We'll see. But the merch from Tales of the Crypt that we find fun, wacky, and amusing. We're going to do an eBay deep dive and uh, see what we can come across. That's a good idea. Love that. I love that. That is uh, not an original idea. I believe the Purple Stuff podcast has done that several times, the eBay deep dives. But Tales from the Crypt merch, I'm all about it. Come on. I mean, Dan, you just found a mysterious Crypt Keeper ornament <laughs> or my, hanging thing and at your workplace. And my work, oh, yeah. it was randomly sitting on a co-worker's desk. And I, I go, oh, hey, look at that, Crypt Keeper. She's like, you want it? I'm like, yeah, where did it come from? She's like, it's been here for 20 years and it just kind of rotates desks. No one wants it. I'm like, shit, I'll take that. It's probably worth I, money. I still think you picked up a cursed object that day. Like that has not been there for 20 years. It knows you're doing horrors from the vault and it needed to end up in your possession. Watch out, my dude. Watch out. Television terror. Let's talk about the episode itself. Logan Andrews, he's a little bit of a dumbass. He's a landowner who has decided to build his hot new property on top of a swamp. And you know what? He's going to need more money than God to make it happen. We open up with the sound of tribal drums as we watch a voodoo ritual that has been toned down quite drastically from the comic book inspiration. (laughs) A lot. A lot, right? But we still got the snake. We still got the magic. We still have a Logan Andrews uh, portrait being burned in a fireplace. 
It's fun. It's a, it's a fun introduction. We're introduced to Margaret Richardson, who's a wealthy heiress. Um, she is also a 12-time award winner and just being a complete stuck-up bitch. Uh, she needs the finer things in life, true first-class service, non-spicy food, and get the hell out of this tropical hellhole that they're in. Now, dear listener, I hear you. Some of you might find the usage of the term stuck-up bitch a little bit harsh here, <laughs> and, and I get that, but... She's actually completely racist and an absolute scumbag, so don't feel that bad. She's oh, she's very problematic. And she, she, she thinks she's not funny Orlando. About it. I'm sorry, no, Dan. No, you know she does, she does think she's funny about it. Yeah, and you're right. She would not like Orlando. Orlando is no. full of hot, humid weather and spicy food. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, later on in the episode, she's like, you need to upgrade your servants. We've got to swap them out. Um, she is not impressed by anything. She's just generally a miserable rich person. <laughs> they're they're all a little bit miserable, let's be honest. That is completely <laughs> fair. So Logan, he is introduced over to Margaret by Freddie, the good doctor. And he's like, look, you, Logan, you don't want to mess with this. This is not who you want. But he ends up, he's like, hey, she's wealthy. I need a lot of money to make this happen. Sure, we can make this work. We can make it happen. He goes to Psyche. She's a voodoo priestess and his ex-girlfriend on the island. And uh, we get a little bit of backstory here about Psyche. Apparently they were dating. And there's the line about how everything was great until the people on the island didn't appreciate him bringing dark meat to the, the party. Is, is that I thought yeah. she said duck meat. I rewound that a couple times. I was like, what the dark hell is she meat. taught dark meat? That oh, makes that's a lot hilarious. More that's time. funny. Does it? I mean, duck meat is kind of funny, but yes, dark meat makes a lot more sense by comparison. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, don't, I don't know why they had a problem with duck meat. Yeah, bringing those damn ducks to the island. I know, right? Fucking Don't ducks. bring your own. We're only going to use the duck meat that's already at the barbecue. Logan, he goes to Psyche. I need your help. I need this money. I need this girl to fall in love with me. And she oh so reluctantly. She's like, all right, I'm going to give you this love potion. But just remember, one drop, and she will be your wife. But two drops, she will be yours for life. And That's if you put important. the whole fucking vial in, who knows what happens? You just pour the whole fucking thing in. <laughs> Apparently, it doesn't matter. Who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> Logan does not understand this whatsoever. Once again, he's a little bit of a dumbass. So he does give her, <laughs> uh, Margaret, a drop of that potion in the drink. And she does drink it. But the effect, it doesn't immediately kick in. She slaps him off and she's like, get off of me. You're gross. I don't like you. I don't like how stupid you are. Just get out. But then hours later in the night, she slinks in. You've got that crisp early 90s blue lighting, lighting the room. <laughs> and she's like, call me Maggie. And comfortable <laughs> pause. Like it, that, that pause would make Dr. Frankenberger blush. Like it's absolutely insane. Also, Hunter, oh, go ahead. Maggie, Maggie is not that much more sexy than Margaret. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what I was going to say a second ago, I thought that um, we were going to have something for you to count initially here, Dan, but not so fast. Oh, uh, are you talking about ascots? Yes, no, we're talking, talking about ascots. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, I'm sorry. I counted 
three separate ascots, by the way. I was going to bring this up later, but this is the perfect time to do it. This guy is such a fucking douchebag. He has three different ascots throughout the course of this episode. That's beautiful, man. I am. I love that each time you watch one of these, you're like, hey, what motif shows up over and over again? Right. And let me count it. Yeah. Animals, cravats, ascots, and titties. Yeah, no titties in this episode, unfortunately. You were no, right. I, I was like, oh, oh, I got my my pen, my cap yeah. off my pen. Nope, put the, the cap right back on the pen. <laughs> we really missed out by not having a busty skeleton chase him around the jungle later on. Just, Just everything else is rotted, but boobies <laughs> oh, be bouncing, you know? Damn. I would like to see that. We do get a shirtless beefcake, though. I'll count one shirtless beefcake for the the ladies and the the people that like shirtless beefcakes. There There we go. go. So Logan and Maggie are, you know, they spend the entire night just passionately going at it. They're taking it to the bone zone. They're listening to Crazy Town. Uh, Butterfly (laughs) is on the radio (laughs) in this 1940s voodoo jungle. But, you know, things are going so well that, Logan, I'm going to give this heiress another drop of this love potion. You know, you're going to end up being my wife. You're going to be the woman of my dreams for the rest of my lifetime. And you know what? He completely overdoses her. I feel like this is a little part that kind of gets skipped over, but Psyche does end up making a, a voodoo doll and she's the one that kills Margaret, which I feel like that is not something that I initially, apparently I've just got attention deficit disorder. I didn't initially notice that on the first watch through. I only noticed it on the subsequent ones that it's not the potion that overdoses Margaret. It's actually the, the voodoo doll that takes her out. No, it's not your ADD. It's very unclear as to exactly what is going on on both ends of this spectrum. Yeah. She's, she's doing some, uh, you know, Charles Lee Ray esque voodoo, stuff going on in her hut but he's also overdosing her at the same time so yeah it's a little little unclear and muddy as to what actually kills her but i think you're right i think it's her but also she makes a voodoo doll of him too but he doesn't die so it's weird but is the voodoo doll for him used to resurrect him so he doesn't actually die later on Mm. i don't know sure these are the depths (laughs) these are the questions i wanted answered margaret She's kicking it and she's grasping on to Logan and she says the most romantic thing and the most romantic tone that you can possibly imagine, which is, I'll always love you forever and ever. (laughs) And then collapses on the floor dead. (laughs) And her face in that moment too. Damn. Little intense. It's a very exasperated uh, look for sure. Logan, he... Oh, the, sorry, the, this doctor, by the way, this is the exact doctor you want. He's having a nice glass of scotch while he's watching this woman die. <laughs> I just like I like to think him and the doctor from the switch are buddies. And then the the other doctor is enjoying nice salami sandwiches. He's enjoying scotch. I, I like so, to think we get to get away together and enjoy some golf on the weekends. Funnily enough, you mentioned that because this doctor mentions uh Oh, what what I did or the worst mistake I ever made in my life I did back in England. Why do you think I'm over here? And in my mind, he and the doctor from the switch did the first ever body transplant or whatever you want to call it over in England. They got caught. This guy went to the islands and the doctors from the switch is, you know, in Frankenfurter's castle in the basement. So there's some more connected universe for you. The Tales from the Crypt <laughs> expanded universe is brought yep. to you by Devilish Dan. 
that's the way my mind works it's a scary place but but didn't the other doctor he did it like in in Brukoslavia or something like that it was it was in england did he say that yes he did hmm. maybe he's a liar Maybe it's an anagram. Maybe you can rearrange Slavia to say England. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so Logan, he goes to Psyche the next morning, and after a round of WWE SmackDown where they just beat the shit out of each other, she does warn him of his final fate. Margaret is buried that same day, but she comes back to life, and that's something that Logan just cannot wait to hit. Fellas... Have you ever wanted to bang an obvious corpse? <laughs> Ladies, did you love the idea of Edward's cold flesh behind you during the twilight years? You're all fucking complicit and you're all a bunch of fucking pervs. Mm, I do love my, my woman smelling like an open trench for whatever reason. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Um, like, yeah, and I love the, you know, oh, so something looks off and he looks like confused as to why something looks off. Like, dude, you saw her rise from the grave for God's sakes. Yes. Completely clean, no dirt on her, just just whoop right out of the grave. Right, I'm free. I'm back. I love you. Um, <laughs> I do kind of like our lead actors here overacting in every single thing. He is like completely eating it up, and some people would find that annoying, but it's already a very kitschy story. So, like, I am glad he overacts in every single thing because it actually leads to some very funny moments. I completely disagree. Uh, oh. I, think, I think both the only good actors are the doctor and psyche in this episode. The other two are complete fucking cardboard. They have zero chemistry to play off of. Um, and I'm Isn't not that one... the point. Isn't that the point that they have zero psyche It has to be forced or uh, zero, zero chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get yeah. it. No, but I mean, I mean, I meant it as actors, not, um, not, Okay, chemistry okay. between characters, chemistry as actors. And we'll talk about this on a future episode, uh, maybe the next episode. I am not against overacting and eating up that scenery, but I don't know. I think this guy could have got a lot further and the woman is just kind of banal. You know, what's what about interesting? Yeah. Like what's interesting. I love that you guys are kind of on opposite sides here because I find myself right in the middle with like hardly an opinion as stupid as that sounds like I just they're they're kind of there for me in this episode. And it's like, like cardboard. There's, yeah. Yeah. Like it's nothing overtly bad, but there's nothing that stands out to me as good or great either. Um, as far as the performances go, and we'll, we'll kind of get to our thoughts on the episode itself. But I just I, I found myself thinking that and and this was this was not to get ahead of myself but this was an episode where i watched it the first time and i'm i'm like ah eh, it's fine and i watched it again and i liked it more like the second time i watched it but yeah like i don't know it, it just doesn't nothing jumps out to me with the performances in particular so yeah i'm kind of kind of right in the middle of you guys I personally just found myself watching it and going, just waiting to get to the parts we're about to get to, which is the special effects. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Which elevate this a lot. But before we can talk about the special effects, we've got to talk about how Margaret, Maggie, if she prefers, she's slowly decomposing. You know, (laughs) how, you know, this normally happens when people die, but she's slowly decomposing. But you know what she can do? She can make a banging ass meal. And you know what else she can do? Murder. 
which she really does for no goddamn reason as she strikes down Freddy the doctor. <laughs> I love that she just completely kills this man and hacks off his head for no reason besides increasing the body count. She's sadistic, and maybe it's the voodoo doll that's controlling her, but I just love that the do- they're like, hey, we got to kill somebody in this. We need to see somebody kick the bucket. Get the doctor. This was right around where my uh, quote of the week came from, too, where the doctor says, Dear Margaret, unlike me, is completely pickled. (laughs) (laughs) I like to, I feel like that's one that you could use around the house in various different ways. I'm probably (laughs) going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one, Dan. Good pull. I'm also like, we didn't get the best shot of it, but not a bad, um, you know, not a bad head for 1990 as far as, you know, having it roll across the table. Good stuff. You want an opinion on good head, you go to Preston. He knows. Hey! Talk to Margaret Richardson and (laughs) Petrified Preston. Logan, he in this scene, he pulls off his best Dr. Loomis as he shoots her nine times in the chest. And Dan, I know you said you didn't like the overacting, but the, oh my God, I killed her. I get a good laugh out of that every single time. It was pretty good, that one. Yeah. So, but guess what? Margaret is not dead. She chases him into the jungle where she's absolutely just falling apart at this point. Really creepy, great makeup job by this point of her running through the jungle and chasing him. He runs straight into that pit of quicksand and begins to drown, but he's rescued by Margaret. Now, once again, this is our seven and eight year old fears come to life. So this episode naturally gets a bump up on the quicksand scale. Um, Margaret pulls him out of the quicksand and he rewards her kindness by celebrating in true bloodhound gang fashion, letting the motherfucker burn. (laughs) And she ends up sinking into the same pit. Logan runs back home, but so does Maggie, who exclaims, I'm back. Okay. Guys, the whole chase sequence through the woods or through the jungle is one of my favorite sequences I think we've gotten in Tales from the Crypt so far. I think just when you remove it, I I hear your complaints about this episode where if it's not working for you, it's fine. But I think the creepy idea of this rotting corpse chasing you through uh, this forest setting and then watching her slowly kind of fall apart in front of your eyes, especially with that crazy great special effects makeup everything about this works for me i absolutely love the final what is it seven minutes of this episode it really comes together for me here no i i don't have any problem with these last seven minutes this is the best part of the episode it's the 20 minutes before that bores the shit out of me I also, not to go back, but the moment that we were talking about where, you know, she kills the doctor and and kind of begins the chase. Speaking of his overacting, there is another hilarious moment here where she like starts to approach him. He does this hilarious like scream body turn and run like there is something so funny about that moment to me i love i love that moment um but no hunter i i totally understand where you're coming from and i like that um i like that she seemingly step by step is just decomposing even more so by the time we you know get to the quicksand she's much worse than she was in the house and then um not to jump ahead but when we get back to the house she's even worse than she was at the at the quicksand spot right so um really i mean really fantastic you know practical effects which we should totally expect 
with this show and the folks that are working on it, but it does look really awesome. Let's not let's not gloss over the fantastic fire gag, even if that mask looks pretty masky. The the fire gag mm-hmm. itself is pretty pretty spot on. I oh, love yeah. the big dude in the fire suit mask that you're talking about, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it it's one of those things like if you were watching it back in the day on your, you know, 35 inch television or whatever, not going to be nearly as noticeable. But now in the HD age with upscaling and everything like that, it's like all right, I love this. This is great. And if only we could have gotten, you know, there were rumors for a long time that Scream Factory was trying to do the Tales from the Crypt box set and like remaster all of this stuff. Um, I can only imagine what this would look like in full fidelity. Uh, Probably amazing is is my point here. Now Scream Factory doesn't put anything out. No. (laughs) So guys, I've been waiting this whole episode to tell you about this, but believe it or not, when I rediscovered Tales from the Crypt way back when on the Chiller Network, it was this episode. Mm. And that's a fun fact oh, because at the ripe age of, what would I have been, 13, 14, watching Chiller late at night, this episode really got under my skin. And it's because of this sequence right here. It's because of the idea of voodoo skeleton, voodoo rotting corpse chasing you around that it was one of those, it's become a sentimental moment in horror that's clicked with me and has become something that I've become incredibly fond of to the point of on our full album artwork, Margaret Richardson is the skeleton on the artwork. Um, I was like, hey, you know, we need some representation. We got to get a little bit of the lady action in there. What can we do? And Margaret immediately came to mind in her skeletal form. And that's why she's on the cover art for Horrors from the Vault. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Fun facts with Hunter. We love it. So Logan. oh, Oh, wait, real quick. So Logan, he tries to kill himself. But it doesn't work. We don't know why. Is it voodoo magic? Is it the voodoo doll? I guess it's voodoo something. But he he tries to down all sorts of doctor's pills and what is a pretty funny moment where he's drinking poison. Uh, literal, <laughs> a bottle of poison. He's drinking cyanide. He's popping pills. I love when we cut back to Maggie and she's got her hand. She does the <gasps> with the, the hand on her mouth and it's just this rotting corpse skeleton that's great. But anyways, Logan is still alive. And you know what? He's going to have to continue to take it to the bone zone for a long time because she is still alive and she is a completely decomposed skeleton. And uh, hey, guess what? A lot of us uh, have family. uh, We have relatives that have been boned by a racist skeleton for years. So this is something that we all have a little bit of experience with. And I think that really raises the horror. Oh, God. As one does. (laughs) I love the, I love the tongue in the skeleton. Oh yeah. That shot is so creepy. And that's one that has stuck with me forever. And I like that in the HD age, like we were just talking about, I like that you can see it's just somebody completely painted black and you can kind of see like their lips and everything shining through the skull, which is great. But that tongue (laughs) so terrifying. And guess what? Dan's favorite moment of the entire episode is right here. I'm speaking for you, Dan, because the beheaded doctor just comes out of nowhere and <laughs> a one-liner before the episode ends. I did really like that where you, you think it's over and he's just like, hey, oh, 
player I am. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> what? Okay, sure. Well, let's keep him around. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun one. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. But before we can close, of course, we've got to talk about that closing Crypt Keeper moment because I like that Crypty basically ends this episode by calling Psyche a hot piece of ass and he wants <laughs> in on the action. Yeah, he's thirsty <laughs> then, for Psyche, man. Yeah, and then he's so thirsty, he says, I'm going to have a zombie and pulls out his zombie tiki drink, which is one of my absolute favorite uh, hard alcohol drinks. So, of course, I am completely on with Crypty having a, a zombie here, especially <laughs> if he's trying to <laughs> get a little bit of action. What does it say about Margaret? Like she's girls like that are a hard one to dig up, which I yeah. think is fun. The first time he said that, I, he's, he's like, oh, it looks like he's got himself a zombie. I'm going to have one too. And I'm like, what is he fucking talking about? And then he pulls the drink. Out. I was like, Oh, the drink. I forgot that. Yeah. That was a yeah. funny. <laughs> he also got cool as shit. He does. He is rocking out. He's talking about like how bad he wants to bone somebody. He's having a great little drink. He's cracking jokes. Like he's the life of the party. And I just love that Budweiser was like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's who we need to be. The face of our brand. It's time to pay our last respects, Devilish Dan, Quicksand, and Beheaded Doctor Extraordinaire. How are you feeling about this week's episode of Tales from the Crypt? I think it's pretty clear uh, where I'm coming in on this one. Um, Lower on the scale, obviously. Uh, The last 10 minutes of Banger, just uh, complete chaos, skeleton chase through the swamp, good fire gags, good good effects, cannot make up for the 20 or so minutes of societal drama tried to play cool by two pieces of cardboard and two good actors, but we don't get to see the other two actors that often. It's fine. This episode's fine, which gets it. Uh, I was going between two and two and a half. We're, we're, I'm going to give it the two and a half, but only because the effects. Two and a half severed thumbs. Hey, picking up from where Dan left off. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Man, you know, you talking about this episode, Hunter, and kind of your history with it, that makes me really wonder if I had like a bit of a nostalgia factor with this where I would come on it because clearly I think it would it would be higher for me than what it is. You know, I agree with a lot of what Dan said. I do think those first 20 minutes you know, are just kind of there. There's nothing that really stands out to me. I enjoy the setting you know, as I talked about, the performances didn't really jump out at me, but you know, the finale was was objectively really cool in my opinion, and and pretty intense and fun. I think I'm gonna find myself right at a three severed thumbs out of five on this one. Um, I do love the uh, opening and the outro for whatever that's worth, and um, yeah. So so episode four, season two till death. I'm gonna. I'm going to stick with three out of five on this one. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm the highest to no surprise. And I think it's a little bit of a sentimental favorite uh, for the reasons we talked about. Plus, I also just really liked my joke about getting boned by a racist skeleton. That's, <laughs> that's coming <laughs> for me. But seriously, we're, we're though, rating the episode, not your not your commentary, not my material. Uh, damn. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, I'm sitting at a three point five. It is a sentimental favorite. This is one of those episodes that I do like to show people if they've never seen tales from the crypt as far as just 
what sort of thing it can be. This one is in a weird spot because I do think that we've seen some really good episodes so far that have bumped this one down on my list a little bit from where it was prior to doing Horrors from the Vault. Um, and yes, I can't disagree with any of the flaws that you guys have found here. But for those aforementioned sentimental reasons, I'm going to end up on a 3.5. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. So Preston, thanks for being here tonight, my man. And if folks want to keep up with you and uh, if you're if you're over your post Halloween sadness, uh, which I know you are because you've already decorated for Christmas. So uh, if people want to see all your Christmas shenanigans, where can people keep up with you? Yeah, I'm one of those weird November 1st people. Like, if not, I'll be depressed. So, I, I mean, I got to jump right into it. I'm not going to lie. Man, you can keep up with me on Twitter, at Preston967, of course. On Letterbox. that's where you want to be. Listen, if you don't have a Letterboxd account, it's not a cult. And if it is, it's a really cool cult. You should join us over there, man. We're all having a good time logging our stuff. And yes, the holiday viewings have begun, believe it or not. Uh, at Preston967 as well on Letterboxd. I'm on Facebook under Preston Green. You guys can find me if uh, you want to seek me out. There you have it. Awesome. Yes, go see uh, Preston immediately is starting with all of his Christmas favorites on November 1st and going on through the end of the year devilish dan thanks for being here my friend and thanks like always for telling us about the talent involved in the episode or lack thereof mm -hmm. um dan where can folks keep up with you yeah if we're going to talk about letterboxd i'll pump, pump up my letterboxd as well uh it's daniel p sims it is the middle of spooky season so uh even though we're busy watching some tales from the crypt we're also watching horror movies uh follow the house of usher was really good and that won't be logged on there for whatever goddamn reason we can't do tv shows we can only do really movies so anyway Daniel P. Sims at Letterboxd. All the other socials. Uh, if you're not following Horror Vault Pod, you can also follow at Red Right Dan, which is me. And that's at Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, all the good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. And if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do so is right here on Horrors from the Vault. You can also find me on Disorder Every Disney Film, Grim Grinning Hosts, and the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. But stay tuned right here on Horrors from the Vault. I would like to go ahead and encourage you to go check out the brand new Pangolin single. That's Pangolin FL. They just dropped a brand new song called Post Seasonal Depression. And I'm promoting that because if you don't know, Pangolin does our intro and outro music they're a wonderful pop punk band from orlando florida but the the special part about this song it's called post seasonal depression and what it's about it's about the long months in between the greatest three months of the year which are october november and december what happens when your favorite holiday is gone and you've got to wait for that special time of year to come back it's a sentimental song it's a great song and it's really fucking catchy so go check that out and, and then also and oh, ahead. i want to let before we go blow past that i want to pump that video that video is cute as hell and really well directed and uh check it out on youtube i believe that's where i saw it the uh post-seasonal depression video adorable love it i 
Absolutely agree. Uh, Kenneth, the guitarist of that band, directed that good longstanding friend of mine, a member of GGH. Um, he really knocked it out of the park. And you're right. It's uh, not just saying this from the friend's point of view. It's a very yeah. sweet music video that kind of gets you, you know, if you're in the right mood, it'll choke you up a little bit. In a, in I, a sweet I don't. Way. I don't know Kenneth and I, I know Gary kind of, and uh, I, I still thought the video was fantastic. Check it out. And as a special little treat, we're going to play a little bit of that song after the outro. So stay tuned. But for now, that brings us to the end of Horrors from the Vault. Make sure to check back next week for our next episode, which is called Three's a Crowd. Cryptkeeper, play that sweet ass bass and let's get out of here. Ha, 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 ha,